we have been dealing in the area faith for the new creation in Christ with various subheadings. Here recently, we have, we have been talking about aggressive speech, and we got that from the subtopic unshakable confidence or having unshakable, unsinkable, unwavering confidence in the Word of God, in the Lord God Himself. And you cannot speak the Word of God with assurity, with certainty, if there is not an unshakable foundation. <laughs> so your core, your, your foundation relative to the truths of God's Word has to be solid. You have to stand sure in God's Word. And once you stand sure in God's Word, you can declare God's Word with boldness in the midst of what may be going on. Are you with me? With aggressiveness. So we've been talking about being aggressive in our speech, boldly asserting God's word with force, mm. being fearlessly forward in the, in the declaration of God's word, not being afraid to declare God's word despite what is going on. So as a believer, you want to be in the posture where you are always getting the last word. <laughs> See, you just can't allow thoughts to run freely on the canvas of your imagination. You have to arrest those thoughts with the word of God. When people say things that go against what you are believing God for, you have to have the last word. You just can't walk away with the thought of, of that which they said and not uh, uh, counter it with the word of God. You can't let Satan come to you and present you with whatever, be it a thought, be it a situation or a circumstance, and you not have the last word, and you not say about that thing that God has said. So we want to talk about getting the last word. We're still talking about, we're still under this subject, faith for the new creation in Christ. And just let me say something, beloved, the reason why we have spent a great deal or a great amount of time on this subject is because this is how the just live, by faith. We see this in Habakkuk 2.4, the just should live by his faith, talking about the individual having faith in God. Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11 declares that we shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, uh, and then all of these scriptures reveal that we live by faith. And we know now, and put that definition up, pistons, that faith, for the new creation in Christ is God's in-birth persuasion. This is not something that you can conjure up yourself. It is a persuasion that comes from God by way of hearing and speaking. <laughs> Are you here? Notice, pistis is always a gift from who? This the, the, the definition is always a gift from who? God. And never something that can be what? Produced by people. In short, pistis or faith for the believer is what? God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human confidence yet involving it. So what do you mean distinct yet involving it? You add when you hear the word, when you declare the word, when you see the word, you bring your belief, your thoughts into agreement with God. That's where your confidence comes in. Lord, you said it. I believe it. <laughs> therefore, I speak. <laughs> and as we've seen in the case of Abraham um, uh, in, in, the, 
when it came to the promise of God, in spite of his situation, he believed God. And that word we know, believe, it means to literally to move in the direction of an agreement. So he proceeded in the direction of what God had spoken to him relative to his word. So when, so when you really believe, we know that you believe God when you start moving in the direction of the thing that God promised, even when it's not visibly manifested, even when it's not. <laughs> That's why we walk by his birth, his in-birth persuasion, not by sight. Amen. Now, this is very important because you can look, guys, it, it, there's this great dissemination that's pervasive among believers throughout the body of Christ. Believers are abandoning the faith. It, it, it's been more ubiquitous since COVID. Or COVID has exposed it uh, uh, more so than before, which is an indication in the Bible, too, that we're closer to the return of Christ than we were when we first believed. And at the same time, let me say this, although there are those leaving there's a great number who are being added to the body. And just let me show you something. First Timothy 4.1 says this, lets us know and see, we think this is not important and we're hearing all types of messages, but if I really don't understand faith, you can hear any kind of message, but you're not going to have the confidence to stand on. So as a believer, I want to know how this thing works. Are you here? Because if I don't know how it worked, minister, what happened, because I'm doing it the wrong way and I get burned out or I exasperate myself, you, most concede to the idea that uh, it doesn't work. So they just become Christian in name only. They're nominal. No real power. They talk to talk, but no real substance because the foundation is built on sand and not the The Spirit says clearly that in what? Later times, some believers will desert the Christian faith. We see that happening now. They will follow spirits that deceive or seducing spirits, and they will believe doctrines or teaching of demons. And we see that now, people deserting the faith, believers deserting the faith. That's why we're going to be dealing on these next few Tuesday nights about spiritual warfare. You have to know what the Word says. And see, here's the thing. Again, when you move outside of the Word of God, you are now dependent on self. And what religion has taught us is to do a bunch of outward works that do not work. And sadly, some are operating under the traditions of man. When I say traditions, man-made ideologies, watch this, and modes of our operations on how to do things, but it don't work. And let me say this, people desert the faith because they are not strengthened in their faith. People desert the faith or believers desert the faith because they're not strong or strengthened in their faith. So how do you become str strong in faith as Abraham was? He became strengthened because he kept asserting that what God promised him, he was able to do. And he moved in that direction. I'm trying to skip ahead so I won't have to show you this and spend a lot of time there. We got this last week. Who's here? Now, Matthew 4, let me show you something. So we have to, that's why it's so important that you constantly hear this. So you won't, see, you can give in to seducing spirits when you don't get the last word. You can fall prey to doctrines of demons when you don't get the last word. 
And you will never have the last word when you do not know what the word says concerning a thing. Mm. There should always, the, 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 no matter what the situation, man of God, no matter what the circumstance, the believer should always have the last word. It, 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 what I mean by that, you should never let your situations talk to you without you having a rebuttal. You should never let your body talk to you without you having the last word. You should never let the devil talk to you without you having the last word. You shouldn't let money talk to you when it doesn't say to you what God promised you without you having the last word. And see, the boldness, man of God, the confidence comes from God's word, being fully persuaded. And we've had, even relative to, to Moses, the promise that he made to Moses, we seen last week, and we've been talking about those immutable truths, those perpetual, permanent truths. God is faithful. God cannot lie. And God always answers his promises. And in the case of Abraham, we see in the Hebrews, since he couldn't find anyone greater, he swore by himself. And we've seen two immutable truths throughout that passage of Scripture. What? That God always honors his oath, which is his word, and it comes through on his But see, you're not going to speak this word with boldness if you're not cemented in those truths. See, this is what blesses me. Truth. <laughs> and you cannot be afraid to talk it. Just, just look at a lot of believers. Listen to their conversation. And, and again, we, people being so institutionalized by the world, you feel a little ache. First thing you do, girl, get the doctor on the phone. I'm not saying don't call the physician, but what about Jehovah Rapha? What about your great physician healer? What about talking to him first? And see, oh man, you should always have the last word. And what's happening, people are falling prey because they're not saying, well, they're not saying what he said. I just want to show you selected verses because we all know we've been through this throughout this teaching when the, the devil tried to come at Jesus, tempt Jesus. Now, let's, let's, look, at, let's look at what Jesus stated with, with every temptation. But Jesus replied, it is written and forever remains written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema, every spoken word that comes out of the mouth of God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every spoken word. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the spoken word. Hold on. God's inbirth persuasion comes by hearing, and hearing by the spoken word. So you are strengthened in your faith, in your confidence in him, by constantly hearing or speaking his word. Are you here? Notice, so... Notice Jesus wasn't doing any kind of outward ritual. Notice he wasn't burning sage when the devil came to him. He didn't have candles lit everywhere trying to get, you can light all the candles you want, burn all the sage you want, but if you do not know how to declare the word, whatever spirits you're trying to rid yourself of will not leave. <laughs> can dance around your house all you want to, but if you do not know the word, it's all for naught. And again, sadly, Religion has made a fool out of a lot of Christians because, we're, again, when you move outside of the word, you're relying on self, and that's foolish pride. Look, it is written and forever remain. So if someone comes up with something new, 
that's outside of the word, you better stick to what forever remains. But every word that comes out of the mouth of God, verse number seven, okay, between that, he uh, presented him with something else. Look what happened. Jesus said, on the other hand, it is written and forever remains written. You should not test the Lord your God. Verse 10. No, what is Jesus doing? He's getting the last word using the word. (laughs) He's getting the last word using the word. For it is, so Sister Givens, you getting the last word is speaking the word over that thing. It are in response to whatever that thing. And again, if you do not know the word, you start again, get into all these religious colloquialisms. You, You just start saying things. Well, whatever the will is, you must don't know his word. Well, everybody not going to be such and such. You don't know. And it's not that everybody won't be because it hadn't been promised to everybody. Everybody just don't believe. See, again, when you believe, you move in the direction of the agreement, even when it does not look like in the natural, like what you're believing for. And it forever remains. Verse 10, then, in between another temptation, then Jesus said to him, what? Go away. When the last time you told Satan to go away? Using the word. For it is, see, he just didn't say go away, Satan. See, after you say get behind me, devil, seal it with what the word says relative to the situation. Oh, man. Notice he said, go away, Satan. For it is, I bind you, Satan. For it is written. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, I pray for the day where believers will become hungry for the word and, and, and resign from being entertainers and getting out here and can't stand on five legs when it comes to believing we got to do better. You shall worship the Lord your God only and serve him only. What, what happened? Then the devil what? What happened? The devil left. One translation said he left until a, a more opportune time. Well, notice Satan is not he's going to hang around. Your house, in your house, around your house, around you, wherever, until you begin to declare with boldness, it is written and forever remains that the word of God says it's not that the word doesn't work. You have to wear it. You have to put it on. In other words, you have to say something. This watch that I have. It's, it's made for a lifetime and beyond. You, know, you pass it on, okay? And you can wind it until you, you can wind it infinity because it doesn't run off of a battery. But the moment you stop wearing it, its functionality, everything is still there, but it stops moving. So if I take it off today, don't pick it up to Friday, it was, after a day or two, it'll stop because there's no movement, no activity. So if you don't know how it works, you could pick it up, call the manufacturer fussing like you don't really know what you're doing, say my wife's don't work. That's why you should always do your homework. You get out here and try to do whatever you're trying to do. And they would tell you, you know, in order for the walk, you have to. And as long as you wear it, it would do what it's supposed to do. A lot of people are fussing and mad at God that this stuff don't work. And it's not that it doesn't work. You're just not doing what you should be doing relative to living in agreement with it. And if you wear it, it'll work for you. Are you here? So notice with every temptation, Jesus declared it is, it is, thank you, remains written. That's why we've seen this in Hebrew, and you can just, you can go there, Hebrews 10, 23. That's why we have to hold tightly to your profession, to your what? Agreement. Put that definition up. 
Listen, I want you to see it until, in, 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 until it is branded on, it, on the canvas of your imagination. I want you to see it until you can articulate it like Minister Williams. And if you can't say it like he says it, you're not saying it enough. That word profession, to what? The same, together. To speak, see, are, are you speaking? The outcome? See, you should be saying about things. See, again, we're trying to work it. We're trying to do. No, you should be saying something. Don't eat for three days, nothing. I mean, God bless that, but you better know, you better, you better be, you should know what to say during your fast and after your fast. Ain't no, ain't, look, look, the devil's not going to move because you stop eating, eating. No, he moves when you use what is written. When you declare what is, that's what gets him on the go. Let's read this verse from the Amplified. Let us, watch this. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. Notice, uh, to speak to the, uh, homologia, common confession can refer to the collective what? Agreement of Christians about, I like to read this part because, again, listen, when you know the word and live in agreement with it, anything that's not of him should be falling off. Why? Because I love what he loves and hate what he hates. That's a nugget. Let's read this verse. Look, to say the same thing about, are you saying about that is what God has said. Next verse. Look at this. All right, let's read Hebrews 10. Why is this important? Let us what? Seize and hold tightly the what? Confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. So the more that thing tries to speak to you, you have to decree with certainty what is written. Why? Because he's reliable. He's faithful. He's trustworthy. Why is all this him to speak that word? Because you already know it becomes your Psalms 94, 22. Look at this real quick, Lee. But the Lord is my defense and my God is the rock of my refuge. That we, those of you who have heard, you've heard this and you know that's that word defense is the Hebrew word misgob. And it means a secure height, a retreat, a stronghold. It means unassailable. And unassailable means unable to be attacked, questioned, or defeated. Impenetrable. In other words, even though it tries to attack, it won't penetrate. Oh. See, we think because something comes, you lost. No. The weapon may try to form, but it, it won't. So the word puts you in somewhat a cocoon, cocoon where you are unable to be questioned. Are you here? Defeated, attacked. So don't think because the weapon came that you lost. Just you have to know and keep decreeing that it won't prosper. That's why you have to know the word. Are you here? Psalm 62, 6. See, again, what's, what's your defense? The word, not ritual. Not you trying to do a bunch of things on your own. The word. You, let me tell you something. See, because religion has done us such a bad service, you can't shout away fooler stuff that try to come against you unless you're shouting the word with your voice. Or we shout, praise the Lord. We're, I'm saying, see, the shouting should come after the victory. No, no, not after the victory. The shouting should come because you know you're fighting from a place of victory. But the, the shouting... Is not putting the devil on the run. That's my point. He only is my rock and my salvation. Salvation, my deliverer, my preservation, my holding, my prosperity. He alone. Are you here? 
He is my, again, Miss God. God alone is my refuge, my safe place. I shall not be moved. And see, what's happening, people are moving outside of the word. And when you move outside of the word, you no longer have Why? Because he, man of God, is my refuge. He is my safe place. He puts me at a secure height. So when you move outside of his word, you move outside of his protection. Hmm. Why? Because I'm no longer in a good. That's hard. He is my defense. If I have not made him my defense, what's your, where's your safety coming from? Where's your protection coming from? Are you here? Listen, I don't care what comes out new. I've always stuck with the and I will continue to stick with the Look, and I'm like, Bishop, I could give a flying flip. Who cares? Or who don't like me standing on the word? And it's not arrogance. It's having boldness and confidence in him. Are you here? I, I, I want to show you a verse, but I, it's so much nuggets in it. Just let me give you a little context in it. First Corinthians 4, around uh, verse 6. Here in First Corinthians, uh, it begins with Paul's insistence. Watch this. That he is not concerned with anyone's judgment of him. He's saying, listen, the Lord is my judge, and that's what matters. I'm not concerned about you carnal. Because what happened, the, the, uh, those at Corinth, they were becoming arrogant in their judgment. And they were forgetting about all the good that they have or what has happened as a result of the ministry of, of the apostles. To them, it's, it's, it's like you're getting fed and you're getting fed and good, you're getting fed good, but you get arrogant and boastful and forget how good you really have it. So the church was dividing itself, watch this, between individuals who were trying to debate over who their, it's like today, they're debating over who their favorite preacher is. Oh, this is good. These are just little nuggets, and I'm just giving you the nuggets surrounding uh, the context. So it's like People arguing today about who their favorite preacher is. And just let me say this. You don't get to pick your preacher. God sets the members in the body as it pleases him. And you will, and you will miss God trying to pick a favorite preacher. Lord, where is it that you want me to be? And wherever he sets you, that's where. Are you with me? So they were making themselves just making themselves judges over those who ministered to them. And then they got to the point they were trying to do, uh, decide who was faithful, who was effective, and who wasn't. And basically, they were just becoming divided over their own carnal opinion. Are you here? So they were more focused, in today's term, they were more focused on reputation and status, while the apostles were living under great persecution, and they were trying to say, let us be, listen, not only... Is our lifestyle a testimony, but follow us as we follow, not popularity, not what seems to be hot. And that's what corner people do. But see, your concern or main concern as a believer should be results. Because again, if you're living as a believer and not living in agreement, you will become like those Paul encourages about. They will begin to leave the faith, following seducing. Are you here? So basically, Paul was showing them by his example how to declare themselves, not to declare themselves judges. And the reason why this is an important uh, concept is because to judge another person when it's not your role is an act of pride. That's what he's saying. He said, y'all not even qualified to judge. You're carnal. See, you're looking at on the outward. That's why before you start putting your mouth on somebody, no, th- these are, this is a nugget. One, know how to be led. By. Are you here? 
So, so he would say, man, when you guys are cornered, when, when, when you are puffed up with arrogance and foolish pride, you move beyond. Are you here? And we puff ourselves up in arrogance whenever we go beyond what is written. Now listen to this. And when you go beyond what is written, you are now depending on self-effort. But the real issue behind the faction among the Corinthians was selfish. That was the real problem, just like today. M- most people's problem is selfish and pride. But I, I said all that to just to sh- there's something here. In this. Now I have applied these things, that is, the analogies about factions uh, to myself and Apollos for your benefit, uh, believe it, so that you may what? Learn from us not to go beyond what is written in Scripture so that none of you would become arrogant and boast in favor of one minister or teacher over the other. Basically, he was saying to them, when you go beyond the word, you have now gotten into pride. And he was showing them, you guys aren't even walking according to the word. You are in pride. But I wanted to show you the point I wanted to pull out is anytime we go beyond the word, you are relying on self. You are now dealing with foolish pride. And I said that to say, even when it comes to living in agreement, it's not about doing a bunch of things. It's about saying the right thing. And the sad part about it, again, the sad part about it, religion has made it so that, again, if you come by and just speak to the thing without doing a bunch of outward works, people think that it, it can't be that easy. Because they're looking for the, so when a man of God comes and just lay hands on you and speaks the word over your situation and, and, and just, just in a monotone voice, in agreement, uh, that ain't, uh, it's got to be more. T- Why? Because we, we don't feel like nothing's working unless 10 people gather around us, hold us in a circle, screaming and hollering. We think that's effective. Learn how to get in agreement where it says that you won't go beyond what is written. This is a clear statement. And he uses a theological doctrine referred to as sola scriptura, sola scriptura. And what that means, only scripture or scripture alone. Okay, so and I'm saying that to say you have to get to the point where, see, when you move outside of that, you're no longer depending on scripture alone. You're depending on self. And for the believer, we should be dependent on. On sola scriptura. What do you mean? Scripture alone. That's why Jesus said man should not live by uh, bread alone, but by every word. In other words, by scripture alone. So anything outside of scripture, you're relying on self. So that's why it takes so long for things to move and things to, to, to work for you. Why? Because you, you're relying on self. And, and I submit to you, it's not working. Are you here? The believers of Corinth are treating, listen, their opinions as if they were more important than the objective written word of God. So their opinions were more important than the written word. And see, you are in great danger when you take man's word above what's written. And even in some denominations, man's word outweighs God's word. Even in some facts of Catholicism, what the Pope said matters, not what God said. So Paul explicitly tells them that their own leaders, men like Paul and Paulus, they don't presume, watch this, to go outside the bounds of Scripture, and neither should they. Pastor Rex and Pastor Tracy is living within the bounds of Scripture, and I'm not going, we're not going outside of it. And the same thing we encourage you, don't go outside of it. Declare what is 
written. Why? Because when you go outside of it, you are now trying to fix things yourself. How do you handle that? The way the word says it. And we're doing things that we cannot find in the scripture and wonder why it's not working. And the devil's sitting back laughing because it's not working. And you, then you start be, again believing that it don't worry. And I ain't. Why? Because you have moved outside. And when you do that, guess what? You have left the agreement. You have. So guess what? It stops working. Why? Because you no longer have it on. It works. And it, it, and it will, watch this man of God, move when you put it on. Are you here? Look. I'm not moving outside of the word, and I'm not going to allow immature Christians to move me outside of it, baby Christians, whatever kind of the bishops, apostles, whoever. I'm not going to move outside of God's word. I don't care what the new thing is. I'm going to forever decree what is written and not play these games as some are doing. That's disheartening. Imagine you entertaining people, and people are leaving and don't know how to declare what is written. So that's why they start doing everything the world does. Oh, why? That, that, there, there's so much fear that you run and do whatever everybody else do because there's not enough work. Because in your mind, you're thinking, I prayed it didn't work. I fasted it didn't work. I, I burnt sage. I burnt candles. I walked around the house. I opened doors and windows. And I did all this stuff and nothing happened. Do what you want to do. But I'm saying now, and, and, and hey, hey, I'm not standing on anything this uncertain. You missed that. I'm like, if you can't tell me what's on the bottom, man of God, or what's in it, I don't know if I can stand on it because you're not certain. But the word I'm sure of, why? Because it's solid. It's the rock. Now to each is, and whatever you decide to do, whatever you think that I'm talking about, you better know what's written. So whether you take the shot or not the shot, since you're thinking the shot, you better declare as you, if you do take it, for it is written, no evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come not my... Yeah, it might have hurt him, but it ain't going to hurt me. Then at the same time, don't be mad at the man and the sister who said, you know what, I, I think I'm going to just stand on the word a little bit longer because I know God's word to be true. So however you want to feed into that. And see, even, even Christians are, are condemning other Christians. For, listen, man, if I'm not getting in strife about what you do, don't you get in strife about me trusting God. Doesn't bother me one way or the other. Are y'all here? Well, what should we do, pastor? You are our leader. Trust God. What do I mean by that? You consult God and whatever he tells you to do, that's what you do for your house. But I've found some things that are written, and I'm going to stand. So stop that foolishness. If I'm happy for you, whatever you do, be happy for me what I decide to do. However you want to dissect that. But watch this. This concept is fundamental to our understanding of Christian doctrine and the Christian life. What do you mean? Moving outside of what we have to understand this because no other source, no other source is authoritative as the word. No other source. What did the psalmist say? He's standing on the rock. Go back to that verse. Did y'all hear what I said? No other source is as authoritative as the Bible, as God's word. Why? Because he's faithful. He cannot lie. And he answers all of his promises. Watch this. He alone. See, no other source. He alone is my rock 
and myself. He alone. See, either I'm going to believe that with an unshakable confidence or I'm not. There's no in-between, Sister Moore. Either I believe he alone is my rock or I don't. Are you here? And, and, and we, we're living in a culture of believers, man, that got moving away from the truth into myth and man-made fables. That's the word. And let me tell you something. Whatever you are doing, if God is not your rock, if he is not your source. So here, here this concept, listen, it's, it's important that we understand as believers that no other source is as authoritative as the Bible. Feeling, opinions, spiritual experiences, philosophical Philosophical arguments and human traditions cannot outweigh, in other words, Paul was saying, that which is not biblical is not true. So when, in a, it, you can say like this, when I moved outside of what's written, I have now left truth. <laughs> so you can't read, that's why we don't walk by feeling. We don't walk by opinion, philosophical argument, man-made tradition. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.